Welcome to Back on the Broomstick, where magic, mystery, and love are always in the air. In this episode, we're going to cast a spell of love as we delve into the world of love magic. Love is in the air. From the basics of spell casting to the do's and don'ts of working with the energies of love and all things amore, whether you're looking to attract a new love or reignite the spark in an existing relationship, we've got you covered this episode. So grab your rose petals, light some candles, and let's cast a spell of love with Back on the Broomstick. I'm Layla, and joining me is my co-host, Shell. I am totally in the mood for love with this episode. <laughs> me too, Shell. Let's dive right in. <laughs> like I have <laughs> a great right invocation I'm going to read. The great right, which is a Wiccan concept, right? This is the Wiccan concept of uh, Hieros Gamos, sacred masculine, sacred feminine. It's the sacred wedding. Basically, you symbolically wed the male energy with the female energy. You call the god, you call the Who's goddess. Who's talking about and of course, symbolic? The represent- <laughs> no, no, yeah, no, you can, yeah, no, you can do it symbolically. <laughs> you know that's yeah, staying yeah. in, right? <laughs> <laughs> so representative of this act of sex, of regeneration of life, you have the athame or the wand or the the dagger that represents a phallus, that represents a penis, looks like a penis. Looks like a penis and talks like a penis. (laughs) It represents penis. And then you have a chalice or a cup or a goblet. The vessel that represents femininity, that represents the womb, that represents the vagina. And so you symbolically put these two together with great words now it doesn't sound fun or sexy or beautiful at all it just sounds (laughs) scientific and weird so go ahead and give us the what's the great right okay now generally speaking the 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 male and the female would speak these lines together and the female would actually be holding the athme and the male would be holding the chalice just real quick, I just want to say for female and male that you're talking about Wiccan, like traditional right. Wiccan. They literally wanted a woman to initiate a man, man, woman. That was pretty much it. Whereas in general paganism and specifically in our practice and in the, the groups, the coven and the greater groups that we it's practice whatever works with, for you. it's whatever works for you. So when she says female and male, she's just That's referencing Wiccan. Yeah, and she's referencing like different types of energy and the the yin, the yang, the positive, the negative, the the giving, the receiving. You know, there's different ways you can say that. Here it's female and male, but in our tradition, many times when each part has been played by people of whatever they identify as. We've actually so. we've actually done it where one person did both and personified both energies. <laughs> exactly, exactly. We, we roll with what we got. And I I do find this and the reason I wanted to read this not only because it was in my OG Book of Shadows, but because I I do find some great symbolism with this. Man is not greater than a woman, nor is woman greater than man. For what one lacks, the other may provide. As the athame is to the man, so the cup is to the woman. And when they are conjoined, they become one in truth. For there is no greater magic in all of the worlds than that of love. I love that part. And I love that. There is no greater magics in all the world than that. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy spring. I mean, we just had Imbolc, Ostara. It's on the way. Like, Ostara is like, it's, that tick is coming. 
Yep, it's it is that spring time of year. Everybody is Twitter pated. Things are starting to grow. Flowers are starting to come up, and people's thoughts turn to romance. Here in the Northeast, it's like 50, 60 degrees, so people are just sprouting. The birds are already starting to nest, and like it's still February. We've got some strange weather up here, and it's making people jumpy and perky and all full of love. Yeah, and so today in our episode, we'll be talking about love spells and all things romance. Should you do a love spell? Shouldn't you do a love spell? What's right? What's wrong? What should I do? Can I just start out with a personal opinion here? Please, Shell. What do you think? This is an important personal opinion. Okay. You be careful with this love magic shit, okay? Because like, if you ever want to see something go awry quick... Cast a love spell on someone. Do love magic, because that will go awry quick. And also, there is such a thing as you got wants and you got needs, people, but there's also something called don't do something against another person's free will, such as force them to have feelings that they don't have. Absolutely. If you want something to go bad, double quick. Like Shell said, cast a love spell on someone. In the movie, The Craft, when that came out in the 90s, I believe, in the late 90s, one of the characters in that movie does a love spell on someone. And I was thrilled when I saw this depiction because that's exactly (laughs) how it should go. You cast a love spell on a specific person and you're basically taking away their agency. And there's no way a person can bind someone perfectly. You're going to word it wrong. You're going to word it too strongly. As soon as you start messing with someone's free will, you're going to fuck it up. And so just don't do it. Bad news. And the way I look at love spells and love magic and all of that is you just want to enhance something that's already there. But the minute you start trying to create something that isn't there, bullshit, bullshit. It's going to backfire. It's going to turn out bad. And you are going to get karma like nobody's business. I love love. I love love spells. But this is something you got to be careful with. And interestingly, with love spells, it seems to happen when we talk about karmic retribution, when you put energy out there into the world, whatever it is, if you're going to say something to someone, you're putting energy into the world, there will be repercussions and reactions to that. And so when you're doing a spell, it's the exact same thing. You are putting your intentions and desires and energy out into the world and something will happen and that will come back to you. And so it seems to me anytime I've seen anyone do a a love spell that's negative or positive, the results tend to be relatively quick from what I've seen. (laughs) I mean, there are the love spells. I have heard of a few people that have done love spells from the time they were children. Again, I'm going to reference a movie, this time Practical Love Magic, uh, where she wishes for what she says is the impossible man. And she creates all these impossible little things that she adds into her spell. And eventually she finds that exact impossible man and falls in love with him. And so some people will do longer lasting spells like that. But the karma is going to come quick, people. You know, you, the person's going to be obsessed with you and they won't stop calling. You know, you're going to fall out of love with them and they will continue to fall further and further in love with you. So just don't do it on a specific person. But instead, there's a lot of things we can do. We've all done love spells. You've done love spells. I've done love spells. But it's what you do and how you do it. And maybe calling love into your life, calling love into your heart. That's, you know, that's that's different than a target. Don't target people. 
Oh, I like what you said, calling love into your life and and saying, I am right. ready for love. I am ready for a relationship that will enhance my life, for a relationship that will be for the best of me and for the best of them. That's a perfect right. thing to do. You can call on the qualities that you want in a lover and in a relationship, but just don't pin those specifically to a person. And, you know, that's also something that, you know, a lot of people are doing self-care and, and, and self-love. You can't force yourself to love yourself either. So you can't be doing all kinds of forcing love within yourself for yourself as well, because that will equally backfire. And I've seen a lot of that. You know, you watch all this stuff on TikTok and in Facebook, people are doing these spells to kind of fall in love with themselves. You know, folks that have had inner demons don't like themselves. A spell of love on yourself can backfire just as a spell of love on Joe Smith down the street. You can't make somebody love you and you can't make yourself love yourself either. So I think that's an important fact to kind of put in there. So we've said a lot of what you can't do and what you shouldn't do. But a couple things that are good to do, particularly when you're talking about self-love or a specific person, yourself included, is what I like to call psychic flirting. Ooh, do tell. So I never say I'm going to make this specific person fall in love with me, but say I have a specific person in mind, Shell, I want to do a psychic flirting spell with you. So what I will do in this spell is I will gather things similar to a love spell, rose quartz, some cinnamon, honey, catnip, you know, all things that are are conducive to a love spell. And then in the wording of the spell, instead of saying, I'm going to make Shell fall in love with me, I will say... This spell is to create situations where Shell and I can get to know each other better. This spell is going to create peace of mind when Shell and I are together so that we can really open up to each other. This spell is designed to enhance connections that are already there and to smooth the way to healing damage that's there. You know, word it in such a way to create positive space for a relationship to move forward rather than saying this person will love me. I want to create situations conducive to us getting closer. I actually love that train of thought, creating positive space. You're not creating an emotion. You're creating a space for that emotion to potentially flourish. So I like that phrase, creating a positive space. Yeah. And I, I the other thing with psychic flirting that I like to do is, is borrow a little bit from Wicca in that in a lot of our older spells, we would do, um, and it harm none, do as you will, or for the good of all and to harm none, which are Gardnerian, you know, terms from that we pulled right from Wicca. But those are beautiful to use in a love spell, whether for yourself or someone else, because you want this to be for your higher good and for their right. higher good. So if this spell is for the good of all, may it work is, is something definitely that you should put into any romantic spell workings. But that- I think the one thing that we want to definitely touch on is if you are doing these workings, what do you use? You know, you talked about rose quartz. I'm a fan of trying to get as many rose petals into any spell workings for love. Oils, rose oils. I actually like anything fruity works for me. Even lemon, lemon oils and stuff. Um, I like orange oil for love too. It's a weird thing. It's a me thing. Probably isn't a correspondent, but. No, I think oranges, especially orange blossoms or, or things like that. It it's definitely helps with any type of love spell. And I believe that that citrus in a lot of ways, personally, I feel enhances the energy of any spell. But as far as oils go, when it comes to a love spell, instead of using like your traditional oils that you might find, I like to use perfume. 
If I can find a men's perfume, like if I'm looking for a man, I'm going to go smell like all the perfumes and find the one that I think is the sexiest and has the scent that I want in a partner. And I'll use that oil. I'll use that perfume. Hey, if I can't buy the whole thing, I spray it on those little cards and I take it home. (laughs) You want to hear some crazy kitchen witch bullshit that you just reminded me of and I'm laughing to myself. I can't even contain myself. I remember one time, and this was back when I had that gorgeous third floor apartment with that big ritual room. I was Mm -hmm. doing some sort of love spell, which I don't recall the contents of the spell itself, but I remember... I always like to use the herbs and the oils. It's my thing. And I remember I couldn't come up with the perfect oil. And I ended up using KY lube. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Did you have like the best relationship with the most sex ever after (laughs) that? For that particular spell, that's, you know, it was appropriate. So you kind of just kitchen witch it sometimes and use whatever you got at hand. (laughs) <laughs> now, now for all you little witchlings and baby witches out there, when Shell and I talk about kitchen witchery, we're not talking about cooking. We're talking Whatever about you what used to be the opposite of high magic majory was kitchen witchery. Whatever you got. Use Throw it works. all in. <laughs> and I think using lube as your oil in a romance spell, top tier right. witchcraft right there. <laughs> but you know, it worked. It worked. There's a lot of things that will work. You can use scents that you like. I love catnip. Catnip and honey are fabulous to use. I like the perfume idea, too. I never thought of that. You know, here here my mind goes straight to lube, and you're like, ooh, perfume. (laughs) Yes, I like a perfume for myself. Pick a scent for myself that makes me feel very sensual, feel very romantic, that makes me feel like I'm ready for love or romance. And then pick a, a corresponding scent for my partner or what I'm looking for in a lover. And have that be the scent that really arouses me, attracts me, and hopefully will open up those pathways to bring that love into my life. Simple, easy spells. Take a pink or a red candle. I love to take a small athame or a nail or something that you have charged from your altar and inscribe around your candle the different... (laughs) With a toothpick, that works. Whatever you've got, Kitchen Witch, and just inscribe around it any symbols you've come up with, hearts, love, stars, any words, references to, you know, I want them to like sports or I want them to love the outdoors or love reading, you know, the different things that you'd like, the qualities that you'd like to bring. And then you rub your perfume and you take your your incense, like Shell talked about, you can take your cinnamon, uh, catnip and honey, Whatever you have put together, Bay is a good one for love spells to draw things into you. One thing I, I've done in the past, easy, because, you know, sometimes you're just looking for quick and easy. Write out your intentions. You know, you want a loving, honest relationship. Everybody's caring, whatever. You know, you can write that on a bay leaf and then burn it in the flame of your pink or red candle. Oh, that's beautiful. And you can take the ashes of that bay leaf along with your other incense and oils and then rub it into the markings that you've put on that candle so that you've kind of dressed the whole candle and keep that by your bed. And then anytime you light that candle, that starts to send that energy out to the universe. And you've got all of those things there. They usually work pretty quickly. These are like probably the fastest, (laughs) the fastest spells ever. There are a couple spells that I personally have been involved with. One was a spell that someone that we both know did, and it was the kind of spell that we say no one should do. (laughs) 
<laughs> but yet we were a part of it. <laughs> yeah. So this was a spell. When I came up with it, I called it the shell spell for sex. Not you shell, but S-H-E-L-L. And basically I took a shell, the kind that has, you know, the spiral kind that has the nice little opening that looks very feminine on Is that one a conch side. Shell? Well, it could be a conch or a conch shell, but some type of shell, like a spiral shell that you can put things into. And so into that shell, we put our herbs for love and romance and sealed it with red wax and tied it with red string. She had had a specific person in mind for this spell and put that shell that was sealed with red wax and tied with red string under his bed. And it worked. They had a crazy, intense sexual relationship, but it was very short-lived, marked by lots of fights, and ended very, very badly. Did it work? Yes. Did it end in domestic violence? Yes. yes. Did you do something like that? No. No. <laughs> what she could do instead is like Shell said, write down the qualities you want. Write down your spell on a piece of paper or on a bay leaf, but don't have a specific person in mind. Qualities, yes. Specific person, names, no. One type of uh, love spell that I am very anti, you know, I've I've had people talk about can you come up with a spell to get an ex back? I want my ex back. And my first reaction is they are your ex for a reason. You know, if you want to do something to heal some wounds or, or, or work on some issues, great. But magic to bring an ex back, you need to move on. There are millions of people out in the world and this person is your ex for a reason. So I just wanted to put that out there that I am very anti get your ex back magic and you should be too. You know, and I think that goes along with don't do love spells until you're in a good emotional space. Talk to your friends because they'll probably know if you're in a good emotional space or not. And, and definitely after a bad breakup is not a good time to be doing any kind of love spell. You should be doing, you know, heal myself spells involving Ben and Jerry's, lots of yeah. rom-coms and soft blankets probably. But not how to get my ex back magic because, you know, always remember they're your ex That's for right. a reason. Exactly. Good point, Shell. Very good point. Sometimes when you're a younger witch, a baby witch, you kind of get caught up in some of that. And, you know, everybody wants to be loved. It, it, it happens. I have myself been caught up in that. I remember a time or two begging you to help me with love spells and you just be like, meh. Good luck. Figure it out. And, you know, in the end, whatever, 10, 15 years later, who was right? You. <laughs> Credit where credit's due. But, you know, in the moment when you're desperate, they seem like the right thing to do. And in the end, you are hurting yourself and you are hurting someone else. And if you're lucky, you're only hurting yourself and someone else emotionally. And in the most extreme case, like you just gave an example of, you know, domestic violence, no good, no good, not worth it. That's not the kind of love you want. That's not the kind of love that you're trying to project. And I think most people, when they're looking for a love spell, usually aren't in the best frame of mind. When we're seeking out a love spell, like you said, we're usually, we're desperate for that love, or we've been in a relationship that ended, and we know if we just make them see, we could make it different or make it right. better. And so we're reaching for that love spell to try and smooth things over, make things a little better right now, make me feel better right now. That's not going to help. 
You know, there's more work to it than that. And how many times at the end of a relationship have you been crying and upset and you just want them back, Shell? And then a week later, you're like, oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> right? I am so glad this is over. Holy shit. I'm so glad no one listened to me that day when I was out of my mind, upset and sad. You know, it reminds me of those of that tarot meme you see on on Facebook and Instagram all the time where it's like, this person came and asked me about the relationship for the hundredth time. And here's what the tarot card said. And they position all the cards to say, dump him. <laughs> yes. I've had to do that. A lot of my tarot clients in the past, back in my heyday of doing readings, I would have to say a good 75, 80% of every single reading was a love question. And a hundred percent of the people who came back to me more than three times in a one year period were love questions. I think unfortunately, there's a certain percentage of folks out there that are trying to draw people into tarot and draw people into witchcraft and paganism and using love spells and love tarot readings, things of that nature, because it is something that by human nature we're desperate for. Yeah, go on Instagram, go on TikTok, and there are people offering them for sale left and right. Those are the things and readings that people want. I don't think they're bad. But you got to be careful. Yeah, be careful. Make sure that you're in good headspace for it. Make sure that you're in a good space in your life. The most successful love spell I ever did was a letting go spell at Samhain because I was ready to let go of old connections and old things that didn't serve me. <laughs> and, and then the next then that following spring... <laughs> The next Beltane, I met the love of my life, an absolutely amazing man. And I did do a love spell on him, but it was more the spell of, if this is right, help us work through any obstacles. If this is right and true, help it to work out. It wasn't a manipulation of sorts. Right. Again, it was more of that psychic flirting and more of a way of clearing the path. You know, if this is good for both of us, help us move through any obstacles. If this is good for both of us, help us to find, you know, peace and truth and love in each other. And it really worked out beautifully. We're still together. It's been 23 plus years. So I'd say it probably worked pretty successfully. But you weren't trying to sway his personal emotions. And that's Correct. the key. And I think that that's where, where people go wrong. And even in practical magic, you know, it was the neighbor lady. Remember the neighbor lady? She's like, I just want him to love me. Right. You know, I, I think that desperateness is it, it clouds people's vision. And if you are going to do any sort of love spell, the less clouded you are, the better it's going to work out. You yes. can't be doing this kind of thing when you're in that desperate mode. Right. If your emotions are running hot, that is the last time you should be doing a love spell. You should be in good mental space, good grounded space, even like Shell said, for a love spell for yourself, because you can't force yourself to love yourself. But you can give yourself peace and you can do a spell to help yourself move through any issues that you have and to work through any negative associations with love and with yourself that you have. And so by giving yourself that peace and giving yourself that magical energy, great things can happen and you can find true love for yourself or outside yourself. I actually have a little spell I want to read to you. This is again from back in our heyday. And this spell is called to purify your emotions. Oh, okay. I gather these elements to cleanse any toxicity that may cloud my ability to be in the flow of this cycle. 
I clear my own air. I release negativity in my fire and I purify my own water. I release blockages in my earth and I ask that this release be gentle and I affirm my trust and faith in my own abundant flow. You know, you can use that to purify your energy before a love spell, before going to work in the morning, whatever. But I came across that this morning when I was coming up with stuff for us to talk about. And I was like, you know, that's a good one to put out there because purifying your emotions before doing a love spell, like what the hell? That's like the greatest idea ever. Cause then you're not clouded and you're not, you're not in a desperate emotional state. You're, you're more even, you're more, you're more grounded going into it. Exactly. And if you can get yourself into that state, then finding the magical flow is so much easier. And, and being able to align yourself with that energy of, of love for the greatest good comes much, much easier. So I love that being in the right frame of mind. You have to be. I mean, you can't create something great if you're not in a great frame of mind to begin with. And isn't that really why you're doing the love spell to begin with is to do something and create something great? Absolutely. Something wonderful in your life. Something amazing. Have you ever done a honey jar spell? Honey. I love honey in particular for love spells. Honey is just great all the way around. I like honey in a honey spell because you got this lick it off you thing. You got the sweetness thing. Like there's so many places you can take it. I've actually never done one. Oh, okay. I've read about them. I've seen a bunch of them on TikTok, but I've actually never done one. Um, I do get the concept where you're kind of, you know, just like this honey is sweet. My love will be sweet concept. It's also the idea of honey being sticky. And so it will entrap, you know, it's a sweet trap. You catch more flies with honey. <laughs> Kind of thing. No, aren't you? Aren't you supposed to put the name of of the person you're pining for on a bay leaf and stick the bay leaf in the honey? Is that really kind of the concept of a honey jar? That is a concept of a honey jar. Probably one of the more original concepts. But again, don't put someone's specific name on the bay leaf. Just put the qualities that you want to attract on the bay leaf and put that in the honey jar. Now, when you have done it, what did you, did you do something different? What, what did you do? Cause again, I've never done it. I've just read about, you know, write something on your leaf, stick your leaf in. So a honey jar is basically, it's a magical jar using honey. You can do pretty much anything you want to. The honey jar that I did is uh, very similar to Shell's spell jars that we've spoken about before. You just take a very small jar, take your honey, and you can take any other items that you want in it as well. Some people will you take a bay leaf is traditional and you, you can, can put write a rose quartz in there, rose petals. You can put hematite or tiger's eye. You know, if you want to remove blockages, you can use the, the hematite to try to, if you have blockages for love or tiger's eye, if you want to bring that type of energy in. But just like a spell jar, put your honey in, put your chips of rose quartz, put in some rose petals, whatever love associations you have, maybe a drop or two of the perfume, and then write the qualities that you want on that bay leaf and then put it in the jar. You can then seal it. Take that jar and put it under your pillow, put it under your bed, put it next to your bed. Uh, there's a lot of traditional things that you can do with it. You can bury it outside. What type of honey jar did you find? Um, I, you know, I kind of like the, in, in the spirit of my little spell jars that I've been totally digging for the last several months, I would want to actually wax seal it. I would think that wax sealing it with some red wax and maybe giving it an imprint of some sort of love sigil 
into that wax might also be a, a, a nice little added potent kick at the end. I'm all for pretty. So I would probably put some like red ribbon around the top as well. I don't like to bury things. And I think it's kind of the, I don't want to kill the earth in me. So I'm not a big fan of burying things. So I would make it pretty so that it could be under a bed or next to a bed or something of that nature. The purpose of sealing it with the wax is, is hopefully it's a candle that you've used in your ritual and you take the wax and you seal the stopper of the jar. And the purpose of that is to seal all that energy that you've created during your spell and creating the jar in the jar. So you seal it with the wax and then you take your ribbon or your red string and knot magic is another way to hold on to energy. So you tie knots into this string as you're thinking of the things that you want to bind to you self-love, positive energy, positive affirmations, the things that you want to bring into you, tie your knots in the string, and then you tie that string around the sealed bottle. Again, the act of tying is an act of binding and binding those energies and sealing them into the jar to keep it potent. And then like Shell said, instead of burying it, keep it next to your bed or keep it in your kitchen or by your front door so that every time you see it, it reawakens that magic. It rekindles that energy and reignites the spell out in the world to kind of bring that love to you or whatever it is um, that you've put in the jar. Um, I've also seen where people have incorporated drinking tea with their honey jar spell, um, and they will actually put some of the honey in the tea, let it kind of ferment at the bottom, sip the tea off the top of it, and then use that remaining honey in the honey jar. And I guess the concept is, is, is I drink this honey, you're going to be delicious. <laughs> you will be as delicious as my tea. Tea, one of my favorite teas is rose hips. Any tea that has like rose hips, cranberries, orange blossoms, that type of thing, or orange peels in it, I love. It tastes fabulous. And rose hips are definitely part of... Any love smell, yeah. You know, they're fantastic. So orange blossoms and orange smell is also something else that people associate with that kind of fresh new love and romance. See, I thought that was just a me thing with the whole orange thing. You know, you can put your herbs in your tea to have meaning, you know, a little bit of mint and things like that to kind of bring that energy into you. And then honey is beautiful for a love spell. Like Shell said, it's perfect for licking off someone. It's sweet. You know, it has all these wonderful qualities to bring someone to you and then make it stick. So I think a tea ceremony is a great way to do a love spell. Well, because I do like tea, it's an easy way to kind of throw tea into everything. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And I think, you know, I think that just for the sake of touching on it because of of the relevancy, there is also a whole different set of love spell type things that are more centered around sex. There is sex magic. There is, there is spells to enhance that attraction again you know you just want to be careful with any type of workings that you're doing that incorporate other people's feelings and emotions and free will and it harm none do as you will i know that i don't technically believe all of those but that's a good thing to put into in this particular subject we need to and if you wouldn't do it in real life don't do it in your spell if you wouldn't walk up to someone and grab them by the genitals don't do it in your spell wow that was pretty graphic (laughs) (laughs) right but don't do it you know so just keep your spells more 
I know I forgot what we were saying. I got distracted by genitals. <laughs> keep keep your spells more in line with what you want your karma to be. Ooh, I like how you said that. Yes. Because, you know, sometimes yes. we all are willing to sacrifice a little karma. You know, yeah. keep your spells in line with what you're willing to have your karma be because you get what you put out. If anyone is sex positive, I would have to say pagans are hugely sex positive and very, very happy with it. But we still are all about consent. You know, you should ask first. You should make sure that they're interested as well. Keep asking as you go along. Always make sure there's consent. But we're getting a little long now, so we're going to cut it off here. But obviously, we should have one of our topics be sacred sexuality. We'll have to save that for a closer to Beltane topic. That's right. We'll talk about a little bit of sacred sexuality and sex magic once we get a little closer to Beltane. So be careful with your love spells. Remember, keep your intentions good and pure. And we'll chat again next time. Yep. Love yourself. Do a little psychic flirting and see what happens. May the honey work for you. I don't know. (laughs) May all your spells be honey sweet. So have a great time with your spells. Practice responsible love spelling and we'll see you next time on Back on the Broomstick.